Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I want to do something uh, just real special. I'm going to interrupt real quick, and then we're going to jump right back in. Where's Pastor Troy um, and his team from Ed Church? Where are they at? Right over here? Is that? Okay. Come here. I need a few people from, uh, from our team real quick. Would you guys stand real quick? Look at this. Came all the way from GR. Okay. Kirk, can you help me out? Can you help me out? Will you make sure? Hand each person one of those. Hand each person a quarter. And you guys can, uh, uh, as soon as you get a quarter, you can sit down. But um, the reason a quarter is because before we launched City Life over a summer ago now, a summer and a half, it's like, I'm still counting on summer. We're in fall, I get it. But the sun is shining, we prayed for it. And if your life is like a quarter, and let's say you get four of them in a lifetime, you gotta be very careful how you spend them, right? If you only get a dollar, you might spend one on a marriage, You might spend one on kids. You might spend one on a move. But I want to encourage you today how we were encouraged. Spend one with the church. God's church is his bride. He's coming back for her. It's the thing that will sustain forever. It's the family of God. And though I know uh, sometimes we can grow weary in doing good, Never grow weary in your love for the church. Sir, Pastor Troy, go crazy. Thank you so much. I got a couple extra quarters. So if you need one in the hallway and you need to be encouraged to spend your life for something great, spend your life for something great. And I love the gospel because it actually demands all your money. It says, I want you to lay all your life down and I'm going to resurrect it and give you eternal life. Come on, that's a good exchange. It's a good exchange. It's a real good exchange. And then throughout our life, we get these quarters and you get to decide how you're going to spend it and count the cost. I pray that as you're counting the cost this morning, what you're going to do, because they're moving from a Saturday night service to a Sunday morning service. And I pray as you're going to make that uh, transition that you would be so excited, so engaged, and you would not look back and you would just spend it and say, come on, Jesus, let's go. Right? A kid doesn't care when they're in line for one of those rides that go round and round. They don't care if that money's gone because it's gone. Right? Chuck E. Cheese eats $30 quicker than any other place for me. Dave and Buster's at my kids, it was like a 150 gone. We left with a stuffed animal that was six bucks. The church you leave with something, a treasure, a reward forever. Serve her, love her, go crazy for Jesus. It's worth it. Jesus, the church in you, unstoppable. It's what we've been talking about. We shifted from Pattengale to now we're here on this side of town and our hearts have been filled with joy, tears, excitement, energy. And as I was sitting back there, I was thinking that, My story is your story. My story is God reaching me from a life of sin, partying, staying up all night, trying to find any girl, any place, any situation that would fill this hole in my heart, but I couldn't find it. And it was Easter Sunday, 2002. I stumbled in the church. I stayed up all night. I was talking to some friends. We were in this circle. And... We had very interesting worldviews. Some were like we came from aliens and some were saying there's no God. And I remember sitting there and where everyone's smoking, I've been a heavy smoker. And we're not talking cigs here, you know, somebody, somebody, somebody. And uh, I looked around, I said, I'm never coming back. And I said, you've said this so many times. I said, now I know there's something more in me. I know I was made for something more. I remember calling church in the morning 
and I came to the 9.30 service. It was Easter Sunday, and I came to the top row of the balcony, and I sat in the very back by myself. I hadn't slept. And this little lady, when it came time for, the preacher gave an invitation for Jesus. And if you've ever been a part of those moments, it's, it, it, not all places do it, but it, it's, some say it's right, some say it's wrong. I, look, I, it was awesome for me. And said, if you feel like you want to exchange your life and your sin for his perfect righteousness, and you want to love Jesus by faith, then come on, lose your life to find life. And this little lady, she's like, you want to go up front? And they'd already started praying. Okay, everyone was walking up front. They got like 100 people there. She's like, do you want to go? I was like, I'm bawling. I mean, I don't know what gave her a clue that I might want to go. I was bawling the whole service. I don't even remember anything. The pastor said, all I remember was I was in the presence of God and I knew I was a sinner and I needed help. I needed help. Like I, could, I needed help. I needed to exchange something new. And we walked down the stairs. I decided to respond. And she said, today is going to be the best day of your life. And I remember thinking, you are so weird. <laughs> so weird. I've told the story dozens and dozens of times. I've never met the little lady, but I know this. She was right. It was the best day of my life. And you know why? From the balcony to the pulpit, the reason why, because God has always been about for the people. He's for you. He was for me. And so as this journey's continued from a block on Jolly and Waverly where I experienced some of the darkest moments of my life and now we're here at Harry Hill, the reason is because God loves his people. That's why he grabbed a kid from the top row of the balcony to tell you, come on, do something great with your life. Today is a new day. Like God's presence is here. I want you to know that. I want you to feel that. I, I, if you leave with a bunch of application points and you learn how to read the Bible in Greek and Aramaic today and Hebrew and then, oh, yes, all amen. But if you miss the main thing, which is the presence of God with you right now, right now with you in your seat, Emmanuel, God with us, not a Christmas song, God with you in your car, God with you at your job, God with you when you're struggling and you walk into um, the hospital room and you see your family member there. Like right now, my brother's right now in the eighth floor, 24-hour care from being hit by a car and God is with us in that room. God is with you for the highs, for the lows. And this life, though it's short, it's just but a vapor. It ends in something so climatic, so thunderous, so awesome that when the king comes back, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And so we can bow now or we can bow later. It's a great message. It's good news. So Jesus, church, the you, unstoppable. That's what we're talking about today, okay? Uh, this week, was a to-do list was really long, okay? To move and to get things ready, it doesn't just happen. Has anyone ever been a part of a building project, an addition at your house, or even clean stuff, or even taken off a roof, or put together like a car, done those type of things? It just doesn't happen, right? That's why you can go into somebody's house and you can see if they're a procrastinator or not because you can see projects about a halfway through, three quarters away. Oh, I'll get to that. They're giving you a tour of the house. Certain doors are shut. <laughs> well, we're going to paint that one. When? When? When are we going to get to it? Never probably. It's okay. We're not going to get to these things. And the to-do list gets so long, somehow in some way, shape, or form, what begins to creep in is we think that the to-do list is somehow going to give us success. And even a good thing could not be a God thing. And that's what it felt like this week. As we were working so hard, as we were striving, as we're going, and his presence was with us, something happened. 
We hit a dead end. We met the end of ourselves. There was an email that came through and it's like, hey, by the way, all those signs you were trying to order, all those TVs you were trying to order, all those cords you needed and all the stuff we've been planning for weeks, it's just not coming. And so at first, well, you know what my response was? My first response was a little, ah, I'm going to get this. I'm going to start doing a little email back. You ever get an email from a coworker or a friend and your first response is not the right response? You ever start to type something and then delete it? Some of you, you type stuff and should delete it. <laughs> Someone's like, is he talking to me? I don't know. Check your Facebook page. <laughs> you know, check your Facebook page. You might already be, you might have 300 friends and only six of them follow you. It's possible, especially with election coming up. All right. Next week, we're going to be talking about how God is across the nation, across the universe, and how he's, we're going to give a State of the Union address in, in light of who Jesus is, not who just America is, okay? America's a great place. We're blessed to be here, but we're in a greater place. We're ambassadors of another land, the State of the Union next week. And I, you know what I felt? And I was so grateful that God did this instantly because a lot of times this doesn't happen instantly. And I just hit the delete button. And I shut my computer and I turned on some worship music and I just started to weep. And I weeped because I realized what was happening, that I met the dead end of myself so that I could find the newness of God in that moment. And that it wasn't about a sign. It wasn't about a TV. It was that God's presence was here with me in my office. And that was the thing that we could offer people, an invitation to his presence. And the Bible talks about the presence of God is like this. It's on the side of you. It's in front of you. It's behind you. It's on top of you. It's beneath you. It's carrying you. But a lot of times we just don't let it come in. And your circumstance could be you're finding a situation that you're hitting a wall. And that's okay because that wall is there actually designed by God. That as I drilled my head on the wall... I had a little cut, it felt. And I just breathed in newness with Jesus. Moses had a moment like this. Moses in Exodus 33. The narrative, the great story of God for his people and God for you. The unstoppable love story. That God used Moses, not because Moses was special. In the movies and you see he parts the Red Sea, not because he has magical powers not because he's a great speaker. And in fact, when God calls Moses, you know what he starts doing? But I can't, I don't know, I, but when God calls you, you know what you start doing? But I can't, I don't know. We justify, we quantify, we have a whole list of reasons why we can't go, why we can't love. Whole list of reasons why we can't forgive. There's another list and it's your list before God and he's burning and he's saying, I forgave you. I love you. I want to give you my strength. And as I'm tempted sometimes to think that power comes from how I've prepared, and though preparation's great, you got to hear that, okay? If you're building a house, I hope you know how to build it. And if you're going to build a car, I sure, to everything, hope that you know what you're doing when you're working on our cars. And when it comes to the spiritualness, when God sends Jesus, he knew exactly what he was doing because he was trying to restore and repair the damage that was done since the beginning when we walked away from God. And our sin created this huge gap, this huge chasm that could only be fulfilled by God himself, Jesus. And so the story shows up with Moses 
And God's selecting a certain people group because he's going to show that the difference with that people group is that his presence is with them. And Moses is understanding that he's seen God do a lot of miracles at this point in Exodus 33. He's seen a lot of miracles show up. And you know what he says? He said to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. He was having an interaction, a friend moment in the presence of God, and the, the, the law of God was going to be written on stone to try to get God's people to fall in line with who he is to help repair the damage that was done. Now, what I'm talking about is, is, is taking place in minutes and seconds here right now, but, but throughout all of the scripture, it's taken place in thousands of years. God's story takes a long time. So that's kind of good, because what that means is if you're not seeing the breakthrough you see, it's okay. It doesn't happen on your time. If you're not seeing the breakthrough in your your parents' lifetime, maybe it'll happen in your kids' kids. Is that okay? Can that happen? Can we just let God be God sometimes? Moses, at this point, he's understood enough. I can't do anything significant in my own power. I need your presence with me. And if you want us to go to the promised land, and here's what's really cool. I'll fast forward. You know what? That select people group, the children of Israel that everyone looked at and was jealous at times, and Israel was complaining, and their hearts were so, so ungrateful. They had the best thing with them, but they always wanted more of the world. They wanted to go back to slavery. They wanted to go back to the Egypt. They wanted to go back and, and partake from the benefits of this world. Does anyone else find themselves wanting to go back and partake when the only thing that will give us rest and peace is God? Or is it just me when it's late at night and you just feel like there's anything but a worship song right now you want to do? Anything but trying to get in the Bible And spend time with Jesus. You know what that is? That's the war that's going inside each one of us. It's our flesh fighting against our spirit. Galatians teaches us that those that belong to Christ, some are going to get to belong to Christ today for the first time ever. Those that belong with Christ, they can put to death the desires of your flesh and be crucified with him and now fulfill the desires of the spirit. What that tells me is this. It's possible, friends. It's possible. It's possible. It's the four-minute mile principle. For hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, no one had broke a four-minute mile, and then in one year, dozens broke it after one man did it. The four-minute mile principle. Do you believe it's possible to have a life change? Do you believe it's possible to quit your addictions? Do you believe it's possible to see the dead raised? Do you believe it's possible to see healing in your family? Do you believe? Because you know what happens when you believe? God takes this much belief, and he just shows up. Woo! It's what he does. Woo! And his presence was with Moses, this interaction. And Moses is like, I'm not going to go unless your presence goes with me. And as we reached the dead end this week, that became my prayer. And I got on my knees in my office and I said, if we have cool kids ministry and we do everything to tea in our plan and our sessions and all of our planning comes through prayer. So you got to hear that. Okay. It's not like we're just throwing the spirit in the, you know, the dumpster and saying, okay, you know, God, we got this one. But it was so cool because God was trying to say even further, nope, I want even more because I want you to just step out of the way because then I can step in. 
And as he met me in my office, he met our team throughout the week. And he started meeting us as we went in the city. And he met us because a dead end is a sign to take a new way. And your dead end in your life could be a sign that God's trying to take you in a new way. If you're not being able to communicate with your spouse the way you want to, maybe it's time for not your spouse to change, but you to change and start praying like Moses was praying. God, I won't go unless your presence is with me. And God promises in that same chapter, when my presence is with you, you will have rest. Rest. We all want rest. We go to the doctor. We ask for prescription because our stomach hurts, our mind hurts. We want rest. We hope that relationships in our life will start to liberate us because we want rest. When we find a moment, and I like to watch a game with the guys, or I like to hang out, and I I like to play laser tag, do anything like the next of them, hang out with my kids, and my wife and I like to go to movies and stuff, but if we leave God outside, it's never the rest that I want. God, when he is on top and he's first place and he's the center of us, it becomes a gift that we enjoy, not something that we worship and we try to get to replace God. And so the dead end that I found this week, and I think it's like a lot of people here, there's a dead end you find this week, especially for the ones that are real high up there. And one, he's like, I I can relate. I want to hide sometimes and just go lock yourself in a room. So my prayer this morning is, I just, we take off the mask a little bit. You know, um, we wrote today, don't come to church, come be a part of a family. And that's not to knock any churches. We love churches. We're a church. Um, But I think what we see is that today is a checklist and that we think we're a part of something. I did something. And when God's inviting you to be something, to, to, to become something, and so that we are something, not we do something. And since we are something, therefore we do things. We do things. And so I'd today rather just get real raw and real with you. And um, I love one of the things I love about the, the new auditorium is I can just jump down real quick too. What do you think about that, Marvin? I just love jumping down. I've been waiting to do this just to touch people. Because I think Jesus would just come down and he would touch people. You know what I'm saying? He would just touch people. He'd say, hi, how are you? What's going on? It's not about a building. It's about a relationship. And that's what's so happening with Moses there, is that he wanted the presence to go with him and his people, because ultimately, then it would open up that all types of people, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, no matter what race, would all be able to belong in Christ in the unstoppable love story, the presence of God for the people, for you, for me. That's what it was. That's what it was about. So when Moses is getting it, he's understanding, okay, if we're going to do anything significant, it comes with God. And as we now are in the greatest era ever, Jesus has rose from the dead. He rose. We have access to God more than Moses did through Christ, the greater one, the greatest one. Psalm 51, 11, David's prayer. Hope this is some of our prayers today. Cast me not away from your presence. Anyone ever messed up? Thought some crazy stuff in their mind? How about went with Jesus for a little bit and then you go back to Egypt real quick? No offense to Egypt. Egypt is figurative, okay? (laughs) Referring back to God's people in Egypt. The sin that can be in our hearts, enslaved, wanting a different king. 
Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Your Holy Spirit from me. And as that prayer happened, I remember the second song that came on. It was all about seeking God first. And if you ever want to break into my laptop, all of our passwords are Matthew 6.33. Capital M. And Matthew 6.33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. And I was getting it. I said, okay, I get it, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you. Who cares about anything else? It's all about him. And you may think, wow, I never thought God was this real and this passionate that I could have personal access. Yeah. Yeah, and you can study and you can learn and understand exactly how God's speaking to certain people. And I think that's what happens. And that's why this can feel so intimidating. We look at this, we're like, oh, I remember going to Bible school as a kid. I remember going to some Sunday schools and met a guy named Frank this week. And Frank had a glow to him that I hadn't seen in a few days. I'd only seen on some of God's people. And I asked Frank, I said, hey, Frank, we're, we're church. We're moving these chairs. He said, uh, that's cool. I'm a Christian. I said, I could tell. He says, I remember it was 22 years ago. The presence of God came in my heart and my life in this room when I was at and I was sitting there. And I was never the same. And the peace of God came in me so strong. It wasn't about what I knew. It wasn't about how good I was. And I was never the same again. And I was like, wow, Frank. Sounds pretty simple. He's like, yep. Sometimes we're trying to complicate it so, so intense when over life, the depths of the deepest of things should all be able to be explained in the most simplistic ways that even a child would understand. That's the gospel, you guys. That's the good news. That's why God's at where you're at right now because he wants to break down the religious barriers in the religious walls and he wants to give you freedom he wants to show you that 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 inkling you have in you is him it's the holy spirit that's been drawing you romans 1 says that all of us know that god's real by just looking at his creation and that sin is so serious that it has separated us from god forever unless there's an antidote unless there's some type of cure unless we get delivered from this mess that perverts and destroys each one of us that's why I came and I sat up in the balcony because I realized nothing was fixed in this hole in my heart. So you're here today and you're like, I don't know, nothing's fixed this hole in my heart. Good news. Jesus is here wanting to fix that hole. But the bad news is this, apart from Jesus, you will be forever separated from God. The good news is that if you just come and repent and confess that Jesus is who he says he is, then he will accept you and you'll belong in him and that you will have new life and freedom. And that's the goodness of God. And those that I don't care if you've walked with Jesus 20, 30 years, how can you not be excited when you hear that? I get excited. That's, we, may we never forget that it's a, by grace that we even get to walk with God because here's where we land. God is for the people. That's why we want a king. That's why we want presidents. We want somebody to rule us and we want to think that they're for the people. If you want someone for the people, look no further than God himself through Jesus. God is for the people. And here's the coolest part about that. Because you could be on a team and you could, okay, well, I'm rolling with the team and you could never feel like it's personally yours. Let's say you hang out with us every day and we hang out with you and 
meaning we, I'm just referring to me and Rob right now because we're on stage. So you're hanging out with me and Robbie G and you start to, we play music and you start to think that God only plays music. Finally on the team, at some point, you're going to think, man, God's for those people, but he's not really for me because I can't find my niche. Please do not believe the lie today because God is for you and he wants you to be exactly how he made you. Just come alive new in him. So maybe you'll never play guitar as amazing as Rob, but you can greet someone in the hallway or you can go to a school and you can love someone or you can go to a hospital and pray for somebody or you can write uh, 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 some type of blog post online that's going to inspire people or you can just sit in your room and pray and watch heaven invade and change situations in a region. Be you. So he's for the people, but he's also for you. So I want you to hear that, that he's for you. God is for you. Some applications of how you could just make this real. Because I want you to apply this. I don't want this to just be some, some moment that was, ah, I remembered how emotional it was. It was great. And then it's something that you referenced 10 years from now. I want it to be something that you live. Number one would be just let go of control and power. Number two would be repent, clean your life. The cool part is you can't clean it. Jesus can. So repent means to turn around and just go a new direction. So if you're running towards sin, repent. And basically as simple as just, Jesus, I believe in you, help me, get connected, sign up in a connect card, fill something out, uh, get rooted, you know, enjoy people. And three would be enjoy Jesus, enjoy him. God doesn't want all you to always walk with your head down. He wants you to enjoy him. It's not some big to-do list. Four would be seek first the kingdom of God. So daily, we all need to seek first the kingdom of God. Five would be good doesn't always mean God. And I'm not judging, but I'll tell you this. Sometimes the excuses I give and the excuses people give me why we can't do godly things sounds like a lot of good stuff. It doesn't sound like a lot of God stuff. Laundry's good. You need to do it so you don't reek. But laundry every Sunday for three hours and you could never be interruptible and maybe somebody needs your love, that, that's, not, that's not God. So be careful. And then six would be city life. And I insert any church there, any Bible-believing church. And, and, and what that looks like here is this. Get a part of the dream team. That's like the members. That's the family. Come alive. So right after service, what we're going to do is we're going to um, go out in the hallway, hang out. And for those that want to connect and learn more about what City Life is about, learn more about the dream team, learn more about the family, learn about how you can come alive, be a part of something bigger than yourself, then come in this room. We'll be having sandwiches for those that want to get connected and join the dream team. And then also... Be on the lookout for root groups in December. Root groups are a family. They're a community. Yes, come on. I like that. I realized I said I was landing the plane, but here's really where I'm closing. Just be happy that it's not like the four-hour service. We have like the shortest service in town. People are still like, this is our culture nowadays. We're like, what in the world's going on? Jeez, old peace. Right? Everything's got to get shorter and smaller. It's like, God, I'll fit you in, but I only got 12 seconds. <laughs> I got to get a watch. I told you my password. Anyone, we can uh, exchange my password for an Apple watch. I'm not going without your presence. This should be our prayer. What happened this week changed the way I was viewing this week so strong. 
Because this became our prayer, and this is what I hope you would pray. I'm not going it without your presence. So what happened is we started um, going through the city, and we started praying and loving each other, hanging out more and interacting as people. And I had to, uh, you can read more about it online, but I had to seriously go to the bathroom, bubble guts. Did he just say that? Yes. Happened. I mean, really bad. Dead end. I'm like, Zach, I'm looking over at Zach. Zach and I in the car. I was like, Zach, dude, I'm, if I'm not careful, I'm going to have a poop story. And he jokes around it and he's looking at me. And I said, we got to stop. So I see Walgreens. I'm like, we got to go into Walgreens because everybody knows where a good, fairly clean public restroom is, right? Did you just do? He's like, I'm comfortable right now. I'm really uncomfortable. Where's he going with this? You know where I'm going with this? Is that God uses even the silliest of situations when you're really praying that, God, I want your presence. And we walk into Rite Aid and we're interacting with a girl in line and we're talking to her about city life. And she says she's a pastor's kid. And I said, oh, it's great. And I said, well, you, you know, you plugged in anywhere at church and kind of, you know, going like, uh, not really, you know, and kind of feeling that condemnation because as a pastor's kid, I mean, God's doing something in her, right? I mean, God's done something in her, right? But if not to be connected yet, that means Satan's been trying to do something in her. Satan's been trying to get her off track. Sounds a lot like your story too. God's been trying to do something in you, but Satan's been trying to do something in you. And so I just ran out. I was like, please, I hope we have one flyer left. We had one flyer left. Now, by the time I come back in, Zach has already been talking to a lady behind the counter and she works at Walgreens. She sees him and says, I think you got the Holy Spirit. He goes, I do got the Holy Spirit. And we we had both went to the bathroom by this time. He didn't have a poop story. I had a poop story. We'd already went through the bathroom and I walk back in and uh, she looks at me and I see, uh, I see that they're talking, they're interacting and the Holy Spirit spoke to me by her items. By the time I got back in, I see that they're checking out. Zach and her are talking over the counter and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to miss it. I said, hey, I, I, I got her items. And everyone's looking at kind of silly. What is this guy doing? I said, I got to pay for her items. She goes, you can't do that. You can't do that. She might even be here. I hope she's here. And you can't do that. You can't. I said, we got to do that. This is what it's about. And the lady behind the counter, another Walgreens worker says, no, no, no. I love him. I know him. He did the same thing for me. And uh, I, I, you got to let him do this today. She starts crying. They both start crying. We start crying. We pay for her items. And, and check this out. Check this out. It is so awesome. We're hanging out and I get in the car and I'm like, Zach, I can't even remember who the lady is behind the counter. And you guys, I'm, it's not like we're stopping every day giving people money and stuff. It's just not happening, okay? It's not like that. It's when, when God speaks to us, we want to listen. And for every uh, great moment, there's a bunch of fail tales. I mean, it took God interrupting us. It took us not getting signs to get to this moment. So you got to hear that. We're not special here. It was, I'm not going without your presence, God. And as we walked out the place, we're all crying. And then I got in the car and she was in the next car. She's still praying. She's thanking God. She's thanking Jesus. And, we, and right before we walked out, we said, she goes, thank you. You didn't have to do this. And, and Zach grabbed, his hand, grabbed her uh, shoulder and said this. It wasn't us that did it. It was because Jesus wanted to get close to you. Come on. Jesus wanted to get close to you. Can you hear, can you hear God saying, putting his hand on your shoulder saying, no, no, no. It's not us that did it today. It's Jesus wanted to get close to you. Jesus wanted to get close to you. I look over at Zach. I said, hey, Zach, come on. Who is that lady? And I knew her. I mean, I knew that we knew each other, and it was great. But I couldn't remember the full story. He said, don't you remember when we witnessed this crazy, like, fight, and people were interacting, and, and uh, we just pulled over on the side of the road with my kids, and they were listening to some crazy language. And I, in that moment, was, do you, do, you, do you hide your kids, or do you just show up with the presence of God? And we just pulled over, probably looked like super creeper in a minivan, and said, God... Please don't let this fight escalate. Breathe your peace on the situation. And then she, 
the flight stopped. Everyone's yelling at each other. And they walk away. I rolled down my window. I said, hey, uh, I'm a pastor with City Life. And I just, if you need anything, let us know. And at that time, didn't want to talk. And I remember driving away, praying, God, give us another moment with her. And it was a month later, saw her. And I pulled over. And I don't carry cash on me. I had $20. And I ran up to her. And she's like, you know. I said, hey, I saw a fight um, a month ago. And I've been waiting to interact with you. And God interrupted me and I saw you and I just want to give you this she starts crying we hug and that's the worker at Walgreens and she says the Holy Spirit has been bringing you everywhere because I moved on this side of town now and I'm right over by Harry Hill you guys what is the point of all that here's the point that God's presence is everywhere and it's he's wanting to get close to his kids and so we had a moment and we were used to encourage them but they were used to confirm that it was a sign for us to take a new way that it wasn't about signs this week it was more about the presence this week it wasn't about what we would do and with pie even though pie is great it was about god connecting with his people and then we end the journey we pull over at home depot buy some spray paint and it continues, and the workers are all behind the counter. We're beatboxing, we're freestyling, and girls uh, that work there, they're crying, telling us about their stories, losing parents, chase us down out in the parking lot, give us the paper we forgot, and thanked us and said it made their day. That all interacted in seven minutes, and it started with a poop story. <laughs> it started with a poop story. <laughs> God wants to use you, okay? He really does. He really does. So we're going to worship together and we're going to close. And I want you to know this. This is what God says through Jesus. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. To the house of God, the family that will never erode. Welcome home. Our team all had stories like this this week. Sergio was driving through a neighborhood he grew up in 30 years ago, meeting people right down the street here. And a lady said, hey, Serge, what's up? Oh, I knew the whole family, knew everyone. He walked in. And yesterday we were talking about the story right by the coffee and we were crying together. And he said, the Holy Spirit told him, welcome home. I love the people here. I love the South Side. Welcome home. And he was like, oh, it's so good to be back. So good to be back. Love the city, y'all. Love the city. So I want to invite you to um, stand with us. Standing as a, a symbolic, just saying, God, uh, I, I don't know how to get out of all the mess. I want to be a more successful leader. I want to be a better business owner. I want to be a better worker. I want to be a better person. I want to get more done, but I pray that it would never happen without your presence. I pray that it would only happen with your presence. And as we sing, that's what we would sing about in heart of that, that we would look up to God. And so if you got to close your eyes, whatever you got to do to make this personal and make it you, whatever you got to do to make it like raw in you, if you got to come front and you got to cry and you need prayer, well, we're here. And if you need something more that you're like, oh, I need to talk to people, then you need to go out in the hallway after the service and you need to connect with somebody. You need to not miss these moments. Don't put off what God is doing. Don't put it off what God is doing. I keep hearing that. Don't put off what God is doing. The little lady that's so weird, she's saying this. It's going to be the best day of your life, and she's so right. She's so right. All right? 
So let's let go and let's let God. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.